We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 179. I'm Rando. And I'm Shara. And we both jumped because I was playing was the intro loud. for coming. It was really loud. I thought I'd been shot there for a minute. <laughs> I mean, it was really loud. I mean, you can't, you can't hear it because I normalize everything, but for some reason... When that I, thunder hit, we thought we were gone. I got some kind of knobs all screwed up. Anyway, uh, anyway this is uh, episode 179, like I said, and... And Corey's not here again. Again. He's supposed to be here today, though. He was. Uh, we... I don't know if you're aware, but we're in this thing called a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, he's working at Silver Dollar City. and it... A whole bunch of people got sick, and so he got called in today. It's I... supposed to be his day off. But... Yeah, and he thought he was going to get off at 830, which we could he could run we could over here. With. We could do it. But, uh, right, Sharon and I were talking, and I think he said that uh, he was getting off at 9.30 now. At so. the earliest, so. Yeah, so, and that's a little late for me because I'm old. Anyway. Yeah, i got to be in bed before that. <laughs> and, and he would be too tired by then to do it, and he's got to get it back up in the morning. Because so. he's, he's, like, doing, like, 12-hour days. Yeah, 12-hour days right Jeez. now because they're open late. So. Yeah, Plus, and, half, you know, half of the employees that he works with are sick, so. Yeah, I mean, the I mean the Delta thing's taken over. and and Employees are, are getting sick, and they're staying. They're quarantined, so there's nobody to run, you know, the he yeah. does the K, right? He's vaccinated, so he doesn't have to quarantine, so right. that's a good thing. If they're vaccinated, they don't have to quarantine, they're, and so far, so good. He's good, but. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, I don't want to get it. This is a weather podcast, but vaccines work. I'm going to leave it at that. So Leave it at that. Anyway, so happy August, Shara. It is August, finally. August. Was, you know, it's yes. funny, though. It got cooler outside. Isn't that funny? It's supposed to be the hottest in August. <laughs> like, what happened? It, it is. You know, now we had, now on Saturday, uh, uh, of course, we had that big stretch of heat last week, which was miserable. And then Saturday, we had that cold front. We saw it coming, and it finally came down. Give some severe weather close to here, not in Branson. Was it yesterday? That was Sunday was beautiful outside. Sunday, yeah, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, this is Monday. I don't remember. My days are running together, but one of Mine these days, too. <laughs> like last week was miserable. It was 100 degrees every uh, day I and know, humid, I know. but yesterday, like I went outside yesterday morning and I mean, like it was nice out. The humidity was low. It was like 75. It felt like great. Great. I know. And, and that's that influx to the, to the, to the cooler air coming in. Now, now the cold front, I mean, people think. You know, the weatherman says, a cold front's coming, so there's going to be this big wall of cold air, and bam, it's going to come in. And sometimes it does that, but generally, for a cold front, you have to understand the the atmosphere is not set up in two dimensions. It's set up in three dimensions. So you've got the surface all the way to the top, and sometimes the the, the leading edge of a cold air is in the middle, and it kind of, you know, the the upper and lower filter in behind it. Sometimes it's at the surface. 
you know, it's a, like a wedge that comes in. It's just uh, nature just has a way of making different types of cold fronts that come through. And even though the cold front did come through on Saturday, we had some severe weather. The, uh, the, the Storm Prediction Center did not pop a, a severe thunderstorm watch because dynamics weren't quite that they, – they weren't quite there – but a marginal risk, it did come down, and there was some severe weather, but it wasn't a big long line that was like, boom, you know. So we got uh, uh, portions. I mean, Springfield got under a severe thunderstorm warning, and then that complex just kind of went. And there was a big break between Springfield and, like, uh, Lawrence County, Monette and stuff. And then Branson didn't really get anything out of the mm, initial line. Get much. Uh, but I then, heard it raining, and I think I heard it thunder a couple of times. Early, early morning, like middle of the night oh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, exactly. Yeah, the the initial front, and I, I don't know if you saw, but I made that live cast on uh, our, our Facebook page, Storm Dare Weather. I, I walked outside. <laughs> dropping <Sorry>. your phone? <laughs> uh, I walked outside, <clears throat> and I was uh, going to get the mail and stuff, and I looked to the north and northeast. It was about sunset, and I could see, like, lightning within the cumulonimbus clouds, and it was kind of... Not constant, but it was there. I was like, oh, I got to do a Facebook Live. So I did that and uh, had some good response to that. And that was that thunderstorm complex that went through Springfield, went through Christian County, uh, then Douglas County, Ava. It just skirted uh, northeastern Taney County. I mean, uh, Port Corey. It looked really scary there in Springfield where Grant was at. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grant gave us that video that Corey posted of a big outflow boundary. Now, we did. Almost looked like a wall cloud the way it was falling. Almost. Well, yeah, technically that's a shelf cloud. Right. Yeah. Looks the same. I mean, close. Not the yeah. same, but it, to the naked eye, o- ominous. They look. They ominous. look scary. <laughs> Remember what we call SLC. SLC. Oh, hey, I got to give you. Uh, I got to give you that. that. Nice job. That was a term I learned way back when we were storm chasing. Nice. Okay. Now what? Corey is, taught me the SLC. Now what's SLC stand for? Scary looking clouds. There. I got to give you a little applause for that. They Good for you. They don't mean much. They don't do much, but. Boy, they look ugly. They look ugly, and and a lot of people look at those and and think tornado. They do. I mean, especially when they drop. Some I of them, say, especially when they have that little funnel kind of hanging down from them, and yeah, and and people report to the National Weather Service. But there's one way to tell if it's an SLC or a tornado. Do you know what this one is? Well, I know what a wall cloud looks like, and I uh, know the actual rotation you see. Up in the clouds. An SLC will not be rotating. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. <coughs> no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> no, wait a minute. There, I was trying. <laughs> you allergic to my response? <laughs> no, I'll give you lots of dings. That's true. If you, All you got to do, if you see an SLC, look at it. It could be Watch, hanging down. Yeah. Is see if it it's rotating? rotating? If it's not rotating... If it's just hanging there looking scary, it's probably just, that's it. That's just smile do. and uh, send us a picture at Storm Dark I, I did learn a lot of these things storm chasing with Corey. I knew what to look for, so. Oh, yeah. I love those stories. I mean, I forget which podcast it was on, but when you guys really started talking about it, because you were scared, because you didn't know. I've always been, I mean, I don't like tornadoes, but. And Corey's like, just drive, just drive. But <laughs> like, I, did, ah! I did learn over time to, to trust him. He does have very good instincts. and He does. He does. He's such a good asset to Storm There's Dark only been maybe twice, like since we were married, and like 
at home and storms happening that I've seen him get nervous. Yeah. Uh, that's when I panic. You know, you and Karen were a lot alike because she would always say that. She goes, <clears throat> if, if I'm not Yeah, if worried, he's fine, I'm good. Fine. But there has been a couple, actually about three times where it's like, honey, we need to get you in the closet. Because mm-hmm. uh, we have a closet upstairs. And that night of the, the leap year tornado. Mm-hmm. That I, was one of the times Corey panicked. Yeah, I was And was like, too. we need to take cover right now. And well, I got Karen downstairs. She had taken her sleepy medicine. And it came your it came right through you, right through here. Okay, about four blocks. Yeah, I mean, like cemetery. It hit the cemetery and took it out over there. So you guys were super close. We weren't close to it. I mean, we didn't know that at the time, but Uh, yeah, all we knew there was a tornado on the ground moving through Branson. So yeah, we took cover. And and we've said this before, but the advantage is that tornado was moving forward propagation about 70 mile an hour. I mean, it was trucking. It went fast. So that's good because the faster it moves, the less damage it will do. Now, we lost power here, I think, for four days. Oh, wow. I I don't think we lost power. I mean, we got some nasty hail. Where were you living at that point? We were out in Meadow Ridge. Okay, so so you're kind of north. Yeah, we were way out there by the high road. But... Corey had been following it. Like, he'd been watching these storms. I mean, it was one of those things where he knows when there's going to be tornadic storms. Oh, yeah. He'd been following it, and I had to work the next morning, which I had to be up at 5 o'clock for work. So I went to bed, and I can do that. I feel safe sleeping knowing he's watching it. He'll wake me up. Yep. And he got tired and fell asleep. No way. And our weather radio went off. And, I mean, like, I don't even remember. I just remember we both heard Taney County. And, and we went, both Pow! shot up, and he was like, that's us. We got to take cover right now, because he'd been watching it come towards us. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then he fell asleep. And then just kind of fell asleep. Oh, and so when he heard it gosh. go off and say, tornado warning, Taney County, I mean, he shot out of that bed, and he's like, get the kids. We have to take cover now. Wow. Which, taking cover for us then was four houses, four to five houses down Oh, okay. on the other side of the street with some friends of ours that had a basement. Mm-hmm. And I had another friend a little bit further down the street. I had to call and get her up because it was a single mom with two kids. And I knew they didn't have anywhere to go. So I'm calling her. And we, it was so bad. I remember the hail was so hard. We couldn't walk there. Really? Normally, we would just run down the street. Yeah. It was so bad. I mean, we had to get in the car and we had to drive At there. At that time of night? Oh, it yeah. was like midnight or it was, 12.30. It was one or, yeah, midnight yeah, or one in the one morning. Or, mm-hmm. It was hailing so bad. We had to drive. We couldn't walk in it. It was painful. See, it didn't hail much here. What we were getting, I mean, I, I remember this vividly. I, I got Karen downstairs. Again, She we had the ping pong table in the middle of the room. It's a video studio now, but the ping pong table. So I kind of propped her up so she could lay her head down. You know, cause she was asleep. She said sleepy medicine. And it's like, okay. And then I, the lights were like kind of, they went brown and back on and brown and then out. And all I could hear was. It literally. It wasn't a roar. I sort of say it, it, it was really super windy, but I mean, I do know yeah. that sound of a train coming. Yeah. Well, I, know well, it I didn't well. hear the train, though. Now, if anybody knows where I live, like the headquarters, if you enter the subdivision, you actually go down yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're down in a valley. So. so so I didn't hear the train, but it's just like that. And and whoa. And then the next, next morning, I looked out and. Uh, there was like guttering in my lungs, like this is wild. And then I realized what had happened. Of course, Corey. Corey got out as soon as it Corey passed took through. Over. He yeah. had to. Well, as soon as he passed, <laughs> as soon as it passed through Branson, 
he got in the car and drove into town. He's like, I'm going to go look. That night? See. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, two o'clock in the morning. He drove into town to, That's look, Corey. to look for damage. <laughs> That's I Corey. went back to bed knowing I had to get up in a couple of hours. Shoot. I really hadn't even been asleep that long. Well, I yeah. was also, so he's telling me of the damage. He's like, a tornado went down 76. He's like, we got hit. So I'm surgical nurse mm-hmm. and oh, on call gosh. for surgery. I'm waiting for the phone call. I'm waiting for oh, a call to you come know into you're work. Going in, yeah. I'm thinking we're going to get <clears throat> massive amounts of patients, and mm. we're like, this is something that we train for. Yeah, you train for those mass casualties and, sure. and all that stuff, like and Joplin and exactly. Yeah. And you know, but it's one of those things you hope you never actually have to get called in for. Mm. But I mean, I just I laid there just waiting for the phone to ring, and like I couldn't sleep after that. You know, your adrenaline right. and everything. Like we oh, yeah. we went down the street. We sat in the basement with our whole neighborhood. Basically, it was kind of funny at the time. We lived on the street with probably five or six other people that go to our church. Okay. So we all gathered in this one people's basement. We're all in our j- pajamas. I mean, we've <sighs> all been jumped out of bed in the middle of the night. Oh, well, you know? sure. So, You're I mean, like, we're <laughs> all in this little tiny room of their basement that had no windows or anything oh, in the middle of the night in our pajamas. It was it was a fun time. But, you know, you've got that adrenaline going. By the time we got back home, I got the kids back to bed because they had to go to school the next morning. I mean, I was just laying there, and Corey's in town driving I was going to say, around. Corey's still out looking he's, at damage. You know, yeah. He's out telling me and texting back, telling me kind of what he's seeing. And so I remember when the alarm went off at 4.30 or 5 o'clock, I just wanted to cry. <laughs> oh, I bet. It was bad. Now, see, I'm trying to figure out, that was leap year, so that was 12, 2012? Yes, it would have been 2012. To, to, uh, because I think... Because we moved into that house in 2011, and it was that very next February. Because I was trying to think if I actually had the page, or if I still had the personal page. You remember? Because I had the personal page on Stormdar, and then I you had did. to... Well, I don't know if you did? Well, I don't know if you had the page page. Yeah. It may have still been the personal page, and it may have still been just to where Corey... But he found something about ...could it, yeah. post. Right. Because I definitely had him... You know, take over because I remember 2010, 2011, being friends with you on Facebook. Yes, and him posting anytime you were in a store in, in a show. But you know what we should do? We should do a Facebook Live podcast sometime with just me and Corey talking about how we met and just doing that. I think people. Would I've like said that. that before. Well, I know that. I'm but... like, I don't think people realize. Like that, we talked and we were friends for like two years, several years before we yeah, actually before, before met. I actually met Corey. <laughs> before, and like, I remember getting the the friend request for Stormdar weather, and and we thought yeah. this must be some guy from our church or something. I was like, <laughs> you know, and I no, think, I'm just a musician in town. <laughs> well, and I think we knew a guy named Darwin, so we thought that was where oh, this, yeah? the you know we were like we must, and like he's friends with all the other people from you know, right. But I mean, yeah, I remember us traveling to Oklahoma, and I would be messaging you. Yeah, I, I do remember when that. the weather was bad, asking if you know, are we safe? Are we safe? Yeah, and I remember <laughs> you having us pull over once, saying, "Hey, wait it out. It's headed right for you." Yep. And but we had no idea who you were. We'd never actually met. And then that's where Corey is like, "Okay, I got to team up with this guy." I, I mean, I I knew I, at some point I knew it's like, "Okay, Corey needs to be." Because he had on. always followed storms. Oh yeah, and that started. I mean, I think he's probably always liked storms, but when he worked for the TV station and he was news director, he really had nothing to do with weather, Mm -hmm. but he would get called in because there's not a director there during the night. 
Oh. There's only a director there when they're doing live newscasts. Oh, oh, okay. So he did the 5, 6, and 10 news. Those were his newscasts. So he would go in, do the 5, 6, the 5 and 6, and then he'd come home for dinner. You know, that'd be his dinner break. Yeah. And then he'd go back and get prepared for the 10 o'clock news. Okay. And then he'd come home. And so if weather happened in the middle of the night and there was a chance they needed to go live, he would get called in to be there to be able to put the weathermen on live. Okay, that's it. So he, you know, he'd always, like I said, he'd always had an interest in weather, but I think that was really, really picked up to where he started studying it and learning it. And he learned how to read the radar and he learned how to get those reports and know what, what to be worried about, what not to be worried about and all that kind of thing. But he's a smart cookie. He is very (laughs) smart. I so you can say anything you want because he's not here. I don't right want now. to pump him up too big. But <laughs> there you go. That's he, what I was waiting he's on. He's <laughs> a very, he's very intelligent. Well, um, far well, beyond what most people would would believe. We're gonna have to figure figure out. I mean, if 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 Silver Dollar City is gonna have all these late nights, we got to figure out a time where he can actually. You well, know, typically he's got days off. Like Mondays. Know, like he well, it's never the same day, but. But he's um, been being able to be, being able to be off, right? And typically, now, even if he works, he's off by seven or seven thirty. Yeah, so because that's they close at seven, right? But it's but now, just right now they're doing the late nights, so oh. it's just. And like I said, he was supposed to be off today, and he was off the last two days. Yeah. He almost said that yesterday. He's like, you know what? We probably should do a podcast tonight, Sunday. Because he goes, I'm going to get called in tomorrow. Like, he just knew he it. He just knew, yeah. He knew because there were so many people getting sick and being exposed. Well, and let's play it by ear. I mean, so, we'll, yeah. we'll see. We need to think ahead, and we need to be yeah. like, hey, I'm off right now. Although, let's I mean, I dig Corey, but we handled it last week, and you're an excellent co-host. I think we rocked it. We rocked it, by the way. <laughs> wait, I, like, hang on, hang on. Uh, wait. Wait. There, okay. Okay, we got that. Well, let's get on to weather. Uh, we had the severe on here. Uh, got some smoke and haze going on. Uh, been a little hazy outside. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I haven't, but I'm not very Oh, really? Oh, I have. I went out and played disc golf this morning because of the quote-unquote air quotes. You can't see that, but new air mask coming in. And it was cooler. The highs in the 80s. I went out about 10 o'clock today. Uh, very hazy out there. And that is because... Uh, of that high-pressure system that is in, eh, I'd say, Illinois, Ohio, whatever, and it it's, like, making us in a northwest flow right now. And uh, that is what is bringing all this smoke and haze from the wildfires in Canada down uh, through the midsection of the country. I mean, uh, Corey turned me on to a site. I think, oh, shoot, I'll have to figure out what that site is. In, in, it, it's where you can tell the wildfires and where the smoke plume is. And it is close to here. I mean, Kansas City's got some low air quality. They've got an air quality alert out uh, for haze and smoke. Normally, you see that on the West Coast, and for some reason, it's... Yeah, they're the ones that get all the wildfires. Yeah, but, you know, they're doing okay now, and it's coming down this way. So, uh, that's going to happen for us in the next couple of days. My mother, uh, she texted me right before the podcast and said, it's really smoky outside. And I said, well, have you been watching Storm Dara? <laughs> and then she said, wait, I'll check. And then about five minutes later, she goes, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> you know, the smoke is coming down. The smoke is pretty much uh, confined... To the middle and upper layers. Now, the haze is kind of a, an entrapment of 
air, like stagnant air, and that's what's kind of coming up. So that's going to happen probably through Tuesday night. Now, what's going to happen on Tuesday night, the weather pattern is the the whole regime, major regime, is going to change. So instead of having the jet stream go up the east, uh, the west coast and come down through Canada through the midsection of the country, which is giving us the cool air, it's going to kind of flatten out a little bit. So we'll have more of a zonal flow. A zonal flow is is west to east. It's not going to be true zonal, but it's going to be quasi-zonal. And what that's going to do is, unfortunately, by the weekend, allow the hot and humid weather to return to the Ozarks. Man. Yeah. Uh, Friday, we're going to probably be back in the low 90s. And Saturday and Sunday, the projected high for Branson is back to 96. So looks like you're going to have to go back to the pool. Not that I ever left, but... Well, I know. I mean, when, when you walked in, I was like, you are brown. You've got a tan going on. You've been we out to the pool. just kind of hang out there every afternoon. <laughs> well, do it for the next few days, Today definitely. was the first day I did not go, only because I have not been able to move most of today. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You were telling me. Why did you tell our listeners? Why, why are you having trouble moving today? So, you know, we, we make fun of men because men do stupid things and they think they're still 18 when they're in their 40s. But yeah, 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 yeah. Me and my oldest, Grant, my 22-year-old, decided that we were going to sign up for our church's softball team. Um, they do a co-ed, slow-pitch okay. league every year. It's a church league. So all the local churches and everything have their own teams and play against each other. But I thought, yeah, that sounds fun. I played softball growing up. My oldest played baseball, and I'm like, it's slow pitch. It's a bunch of old people playing. It'll be easy. We got this. Yeah. (laughs) So, no. No. (laughs) I felt great yesterday. Like, it was totally, like, it was tons of fun. Um, I'm a little scared of the ball still. Like, um, I played softball with girls in seventh and eighth grade, you know. Uh So they don't tend to come flying at you quite as fast and and hard, (laughs) but um, these were grown men, and Uh, it's a slow pitch, so they can hit the ball really hard. uh, Um, So I was a little terrified to actually get in front of one of them, but there was a couple that I did, and it did not end well, and (laughs) just even batting. I think that was what made me the sorest, was sitting there practice batting. Well, I went to the batting cages yesterday morning. With my 19-year-old Grace and took me to the batting cages. Just so to, you already got that. To make sure that I can even still hit a ball. <laughs> okay, Because yeah. I literally have not set foot on a ball field <laughs> or put a glove on at least 30 years. Oh, wow. 25 to 30 years. It's been years. a while. Okay. It's been a long time. So I wasn't even sure if I could still play. <laughs> So I was I was impressed. I did really well at the batting cages. I was like, "Hey, Good. I can I can do this." And and so after doing that a couple of rounds, and then at practice they would throw you twenty to twenty five balls just back to back, no time to. Now, that's what you were telling me. They did just like throw and then throw and then. And right? I took a couple of bad spills, chasing oh. balls that I shouldn't have been chasing. I mean, it's not a real game. I should just let it go. But you're competitive, aren't you? I well, and I wanted to show them I knew what I was doing. Okay. But I love it. I woke up this morning and literally couldn't move. Oh no! I was like, "All right, something ran over me in my sleep. <laughs> I didn't see it, but it like, oh my gosh! Like I sounded like a little old woman trying to get out of bed this morning, and I have hurt so bad all day. Like every muscle 
in my body and like you don't even realize what muscles you use that's what i say like if i'm playing disc golf it's like i have i have muscles i didn't even know i had like i did not realize (laughs) hitting the ball that many times in a row how exhausting it was but like my stomach muscles my back i mean like it just it hurts i've not been able to move all day and i wasn't sure at one point i thought now i wonder if the pole would help that (laughs) <laughs> or, so... if, or if the cold water would make it worse and make it more stiff. I didn't know. So anyway, I was lazy today. I laid around taking ibuprofen. Well, you know, that that's what they say. If, if you abuse your body, like in weightlifting, because, I mean, I wasn't a weightlifter, but I went to the gym. They said, work your muscles, wait a day. Right. Don't do anything. So tomorrow... I'm sure Grant or Grayson will take you back out to the batting cages. I felt like I should go walking or something today, like just to stay loose, because I thought if I sit here all day, I'm going to get stiff because I'm sore. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just going to continue. I'm like, I feel like I should get out and move a little bit, but it did not happen. See, that's why I don't do sports like that. I don't play baseball. I'm thinking... Throwing a disc is like really low impact. I'm having second thoughts, like... Well, you we, threw. You went out. We went through. It's just it. You know, you just kind of threw it. You it's not your it. smacking yeah, a ball. Yeah, that was the thing with the hitting the ball. I mean, Corey took some video of me hitting, which I did not know at the time <laughs> that he was watching me. But I'm like, well, good. You didn't capture me grunting and uh, every time I, <laughs> every time I swung with that. Uh, <laughs> Hitting as hard as I could. Well, so. see that—that's what my parents and my grandparents would always say. Would always say that'll learn you. Yeah, that—that that whole you know, boy, you're gonna feel that in the morning. <laughs> it works, huh? That was real. <laughs> well, at least you don't have to do much on the podcast. You could just sit here. It's true, whatever. I'm just sitting here. Well, I think it's time we probably should get to the uh, next segment. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. It's time for the Tropics Update, and uh, we got some stuff going on out there. Uh, Atlantic, there's really not much going on. I think uh, Corey's not here to like tell us about the Saharan dust. I do know it's still out there because I, I I saw the watch, watching the Weather Channel, and they were saying, yeah, it was kind of coming over. That's kind of squashing some uh, development. But we do see a uh, a little yellow X. We talk about yellow Xs. Uh, on the hurricane uh, National Hurricane Center, yellow X is like a low instance of something developing. An orange X, it's a moderate uh, chance of something developing. And a red X means just get ready, we're going to do it. So we have a little yellow X, several hundred miles south of Cabo Verde, Verde Islands. I'm going to see if which is it Verde or Verde. I'm we not just sure. Call it Cabo. Ca- well, say Cabo exactly. I'm sure, it's Verde because it's Spanish. Ver- so. Yeah, ver- Verde. Yeah, Verde. Um, but yeah, several hundred miles south of there, it's just a little X. The five-day probability of it, it make you know developing into something is only twenty percent. And we look at I look at the five-day just to see what the forecast is. Nothing. So other than that little disturbance, there's nothing going on in the Atlantic. But the Pacific, oh my lord, we've got stuff going on. We have uh, Hurricane Hilda, we're all the, all the way to H. Uh, hurricane, it's it was a, it hasn't been a major hurricane. It was I think it was a Cat One or maybe Cat Two. Uh, right now, as of Monday evening, the uh, maximum sustained winds are seventy five, which is minimal hurricane. It's in pretty much in the middle of the Pacific Basin. It's not affecting any land. It's just kind of meandering out there. Uh, it is on the way 
uh, down. It's diminishing and will become a tropical storm uh, probably by the next update. I mean, it, it's on its way down and will diminish soon. And right behind it, uh, it's kind of to the east-northeast of of Hilda. We have Ignacio. I thought they were all common, normal names. Well, they are in the Atlantic, but in oh, the Pacific, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. We're, in, <laughs> we're in Pacific, sorry. Yeah, we, we've got Tropical Storm Ignacio, I-G-N-A-C-I-O. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, right now, its maximum sustained winds are like 40. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to become a hurricane. Uh, it's several hundred miles south of Baja, and it's, it's diminishing too. And uh, I checked right before the podcast. I checked, and uh, we've got another disturbance. Now, it's a red X. Uh, I think it was an orange X before. It's a red X now. Uh, it says about 1,500 miles west-southwest uh, off of the southern tip of the Baja Peninsula, the five-day... Uh, Excuse me. The five the uh, five day projection is seventy percent. So this one might take off, and it is actually in front. And what I mean by front, it is west of Hilda. So we've got this just big disturbance. Then you go to the right or the east, and you got Hilda, and you go to the right or east again, and you got um, Ignacio. So they're kind of lined up. So we're gonna watch that. I nothing for Hawaii. Our, our peeps in Hawaii, there's nothing going on there. Uh, just something to watch. It, it's kind of a signal that stuff is starting to kind of percolate in the Pacific, but still there's nothing in the in the Atlantic. So that's all I got for the tropical update. So, so Shara, since you are all tanned and looking like you should belong on the, the cover of, of Vogue magazine. Uh, <laughs> and since I got back from San Diego and there's lots of sun out there, uh, we decided, or I decided, you weren't here because I decided it. Uh, we haven't played the UV. You haven't asked my permission for things in a long time. That's right. Well, you, you've got your segment, so you got to work on that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the UV index is a big player right now, and it's a little lower now that we've had the kind of the smoke and haze going on, but uh, it's going to go away Wednesday. Sun's going to come back out. It's going to be major. So this week's weather school is all about the UV index. So we we'll, what does it mean? So <laughs> that's what this is for. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The sun is going to be out in full force today. I better slather on that sunscreen because I heard the UV index is going to be really high. The ultraviolet, or UV, index is an international standard measurement of the strength of sunburn-producing ultraviolet radiation at a particular place and time. The scale was developed by Canadian scientists in 1992 and then adopted and standardized by the UN's World Health Organization and the World Meteorological Organization in 1994. It is primarily used in daily forecasts and aimed at the general public 
and is increasingly available as an hourly forecast as well. The UV index is designed as an open-ended linear scale directly proportional to the intensity of ultraviolet radiation that causes sunburn on human skin. For example, if a light-skinned individual without sunscreen begins to sunburn in 30 minutes at a UV index of 6, then that individual should expect to burn in about 15 minutes at a UV index of 12. Twice the UV, twice as fast. The purpose of the UV index is to help people effectively protect themselves from UV radiation, which has health benefits in moderation but in excess causes sunburn and skin aging, DNA damage, skin cancer, immunosuppression, and eye damage such as cataracts. Public health organizations recommend that people protect themselves, for example, by applying sunscreen to the skin and wearing a hat and sunglasses if they spend substantial time outdoors when the UV index is at a 3 or higher. When the UV index is presented on a daily basis, it represents UV intensity around the sun's highest point in the sky, called solar noon, halfway between sunrise and sunset. This typically occurs between 11.30 and 12.30, or between 12.30 and 1.30 in areas where daylight saving time is being observed. Predictions are made by a computer model that accounts for the effects of sun elevation and distance, stratospheric ozone, cloud conditions, air pollutants, surface albedo, and ground altitude, all of which influence the amount of UV radiation at the surface. The calculations are weighted in favor of the UV wavelengths to which the human skin is most sensitive. The resulting UV index cannot be expressed in pure physical units, but is a good indicator of likely sunburn damage. Because the index scale is linear and not logarithmic, as often in the case when measuring things like brightness or sound, it's reasonable to assume that one hour of exposure at index 5 is approximately equivalent to a half hour at index 10. If outdoors, seek shade and wear sun-protective clothing, a wide-brimmed hat, and UV-blocking sunglasses. Generously apply a broad-spectrum SPF or sun protection factor 30-plus sunscreen every two hours, even on cloudy days, and after swimming or sweating. Bright surfaces such as sand, water, and snow will increase UV exposure. Here are some recommended protections based on the UV index. For a UV index of 0 to 2, it means low danger from the sun's UV rays for the average person. A UV index of 3 to 5 means moderate risk of harm from unprotected sun exposure. Stay in shade near midday when the sun is strongest. A UV index of 6 to 7 means high risk of harm from unprotected sun exposure. Protection against skin and eye damage is needed. Reduce time in the sun between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. A UV index of 8 to 10 means very high risk of harm from unprotected sun exposure. 
take extra precautions because unprotected skin and eyes will be damaged and can burn quickly. Minimize sun exposure between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. A UV index of 11 or more means extreme risk for harm from unprotected sun exposure. Take all precautions because unprotected skin and eyes can burn in minutes. When interpreting the UV index and recommendations, be aware that the intensity of UV radiation reaching the surface of the Earth depends on the angle of the sun in the sky. Each day, the sun achieves its highest angle, meaning the highest intensity and the shortest shadows, at solar noon, which only approximately corresponds to around noon or 1 o'clock during daylight saving time. UV intensity can be higher or lower for surfaces at different angles to the horizontal. For example, if people are walking or standing outdoors, UV exposure to the eyes and vertical surfaces of the skin, such as the face, can actually be more severe when the sun is lower, such as the end of the summer's day or winter afternoons on a ski trail. UV intensity can nearly double with reflection from snow or other bright surfaces like water, sand, or concrete. Because of the way the UV index is calculated, it technically expresses the risk of developing sunburn, which is caused mostly by UVB radiation. However, UVA radiation also causes damage. So, what do you do if you get a sunburn? Well, the American Academy of Dermatology recommends the following. For pain relief, take cool baths or showers frequently. Use soothing moisturizers that contain aloe vera or soy. Anti-inflammatory medications such as ibuprofen or aspirin can help with the pain. Keep hydrated and drink extra water. Do not pop the blisters on a sunburn. Instead, let them heal on their own. Protect sunburned skin with loose clothing when going outside to prevent further damage while not irritating the sunburn. A sunburn is no fun, (laughs) so regardless of when you're planning on being outside, always remember to slather on that sunscreen and protect yourself from solar radiation. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you know everything about UV index and how to use the proper amount of sunscreen and just basically, you know, just stay out of the sun. Nah, that's hard to do. <laughs> Stay I in the sun, but use sunscreen. I do monitor the UV level. No, that's good. And uh, Corey has a Corey has a TV screen dedicated in our house that's hooked to radar. Oh, that's the bookshelf radar, yes. right? Yes. So it is I think it's so funny. Constantly <laughs> showing radar. I know what's going on in the area at uh-huh. all times. But it also tells me the current temperature and it tells me the current UV index. Perfect. And I know when to take the kids out. And when to make them stay in when the UV index is 9 and 10. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what, kids, let's stay in a little bit longer or let's reapply every 
hour and a half to yeah. two hours. That's the thing people I don't think realize. They apply sunscreen and then they just stay at the beach all day. Exactly. Not realizing well, that you do have to reapply. You know, and I mentioned this many times. We have the episode Sun Safety. If you go through our, our podcast episodes, my uh, dermatologist, Dr. Christopher Wilbers, we have the whole podcast is dedicated to sun safety. And like you're saying, the, the the application of sunscreen, I'm very fair-skinned, so he yes. said 70, 50 to 70. I mean, I have 70 sports. My kids are kind of half and half. Like, half of yeah. them took after me. I am okay. I am more of a dark-skinned. Uh-huh. Um, I don't burn easily. I am that type that tans more. Um, Corey is not. Corey <laughs> is fair-skinned. and Corey if, burns. <laughs> if he looks at the sun, he will burn. <laughs> And he does not tan. If he burns the next morning, it will peel. He'll be white. I was going to say, I, I noticed it's like this much, like maybe 5% of maybe like a little slightly tan. slightly darker. And then it just goes away. But he away. still looks white. And so, I mean, he is one that we apply and apply and apply. Yeah. He can be out the same amount of time as me and be burnt to a crisp if we're not applying oh, no. to him. And I'll have nothing. I won't even be pink. I was out. When I went to San Diego, I was out the first day. I was out 45 minutes. 45 minutes at the beach. It does and not I take use long. sunscreen. I kind of got burnt. 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, this is, it's more, of course. Especially if you're in the water. Because eventually. I wasn't. It, I was on the sand. But I mean, like, it's like with my kids, you know, if they're playing in the water, eventually it washes off. Yeah. I mean, it, I know even though it yeah. says waterproof or whatever, like to an extent it is, but over time, it's, yeah, it's going to wash That's off. That's what Dr. Wilbur's was saying. It's like, you know, apply every two hours when you're in the sun or not, because sometimes you sweat. Sometimes it'll come off if you're out there. I mean, you, you, you put a towel around you, it's going to come off. Yeah, I, I just don't. And I do every time I go out to play disc golf, even now. Well, I went to Sunset Park today, which has shade trees, but I do my nose because I wear glasses. That's one thing people don't understand. You wear glasses. Your glasses make you sweat, and you oh sweat my all that. God. Gosh, <laughs> your nose will burn. And the tops of my ears. Yes, that's a big one people forget about because that is one spot that I always do sunscreen myself. But even with my kids, um, when they're little, we're spraying their heads down because they've mm. got that part in their hair. Or all of mine had that light blonde hair like Corey had, you know, oh, and uh-huh. so their whole head would burn. Well, I always wear a cap. Yeah, so I mean, when always, they were babies, we'd put a hat on them. Smart. Otherwise, even to this day, I spray their head down. You know, I can just see my dermatologist right now just smiling. <laughs> but I my, think he listens to the, uh, the podcast sometimes. I'm my not sure. Kids <laughs> have not, my kids have never burned. Really? Like, have never had a major burn. Oh, like a major, yeah. yeah I mean, like, okay, so maybe they've been a little bit pink. Mm-hmm. Where and you know, like we'd yeah, be at the beach and we'd be Ooh, right. they're looking pink. It's time to reapply. Yeah, they've been maybe a little bit pink, but I my kids have never burned. And to the, this summer, they've not even turned pink. Like we've not even, and we're out wow. there every day. We're at the pool every You're day. You're doing it right. You you can enjoy the summer and enjoy the sun and still not get burned. I just I've just got burned majorly one time, and I was 14. It only and, takes one time to oh never want to do it again. Oh, blisters. I mean, oh my God, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't lay in. I mean, I was 14. I did it. And that was about that age. I actually was a little bit younger. I went to a track meet, probably seventh grade. So I was probably 13, 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah. And I remember us just being out in the sun. And these things weren't talked about back then. Do you, you mean, you realize back when we oh, were yeah. little, like it just really was not a well, big I'm deal. Well, I'm older than you. It's for like, you to go yeah, outside. just go out, get some sun, get Our some color. Our parents didn't yeah. make us put sunscreen on just yeah. to go play outside. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we went to a track meet for the entire day. It was a little bit overcast. 
Oh, you got to use the A. So we weren't ah. even really in the sun per se. Mm-hmm. Quote but, unquote, yeah. Oh man, we all came back at the end of the day just burnt to a crisp. And of course we had funky burn lines because we'd had our track shorts on and track <laughs> yeah. shirts and everything else. So but Well oh. that's what Dr. Wilbur said. I mean I don't I'm not exactly sure what was in the the the, the actual weather school because yeah it's pre record. But I mean and I mentioned it before, the UVA rays have a very narrow uh width and they go deeper. Those and overcast that, days are the most dangerous. Exactly. Those are the yeah. ones I've always warned my patients about because Perfect. Uh, because you just because you aren't in the sun per se you feel like it's shaded and it's a little bit overcast yeah. you'll burn even faster they don't even because you're it. not feeling the burn typically yeah, yeah. when you're in the sun you feel it burning your skin and you want to get in the shade or you want to put something Boy, on. i sure did at the beach it's like you know my chest is getting yeah. a little yeah Corey's that, that same thing. way when we're out on the boats or whatever and i mean he applies before and he leaves a shirt on and stuff as much as he can and a hat mm-hmm. because he has that real blonde light colored hair right. and his scalp will burn but <laughs> i mean he'll be like i feel like i'm burning and he'll reapply and there reapply. <laughs> but there yeah those overcast days you're not that hot you don't feel hot. yeah you don't, you feel, don't feel hot feel that's the heat a thing. burning you so yeah but if you're at the beach yeah i kind of feel that sun going on <laughs> Okay, well, it's time to get to the next segment, which is in other news. And actually, I've only got one thing this week. I had a whole bunch of stuff last week, uh, and I thought this was funny uh, and very interesting. I saw this online. Uh, As temperatures rise, don't be surprised if incidents of squirrels and other mammals position themselves to get as much of their body surface as possible in contact with cooler surfaces. So... It's called sploot. So they try to find cold concrete or cold and, and, shade? Or? Well, any time, like a squirrel, I've got a picture I'll show you in a bit. Like any time, if it's really sunny and, sunny and hot, if they find a piece of concrete mm-hmm. or something that's thing, they will just... Spread out on it. It's called splooting. I see that. <laughs> I mean, I can see dogs and cats finding themselves Yeah, a, a they're cool just spot. like, ah, trying to get as much as their body on this cool sploot. S-P-L-O-O-T. It's an actual thing. Splooting. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, again, the picture, you can't see it because I'm across from you. But, yeah, I mean, there's the squirrel on the ground just like, bleh. I, I <laughs> just, can see it. Belly down, <laughs> arms out, just trying to get Yeah, cool. exactly. So if you see an animal, uh, you know, it's, it says squirrels and other mammals. So that's what the article said of, you know... Uh, down on the ground, you can say, I know what that is. It's splooting. The only thing I like our cows don't do that. Well, they cows, jump cows in the are pond. big and fat, though. They jump in the pond. They and, do? And they'll get all the way up to like their neck in the pond. They will? That's how they cool off. It's the only way they can cool. Either the shade trees, under the shade. Well, I don't see a lot of cows. Well, see, you were raised with cows, I was though. raised on a cattle farm. I see, I see at C of O down here, the cows, they just get underneath the tree. You can't have a cattle farm <laughs> and not have a pond. You've got to really? have somewhere for them to go and cool off. See, I didn't know that. So, that yes, they'll go under the shade trees first. They will all gather under yeah. a shade tree. But if there's a pond nearby on a really hot day, they will go get in that pond and they'll go all the way up to their neck to where you can just barely see their back and their head. And they'll just stand there in the water. It's the only way to stay I mean, cool. that's very smart. They've got to cool off somehow. They have to. I don't know. I mean, dogs pant, so I don't know. Anyway, so that's all I've got. <laughs> so, splooting, sploot. 
whatever. So now there's been days where I want to sploot. <laughs> oh, I know I, exactly. I sploot in the. I spread out on a raft in the pool and, and sploot. sploot. <laughs> so you can look that up. S p l o o t. All right, so it's time to get to the next segment, which is the fun part. Get ready to get educated in Shara's fun facts. I hope you got some fun facts today. Do you? I don't know how fun they are, but... Oh, okay. Well, you got facts. I have facts. <laughs> I did the best I could. There was literally nothing going on in August. I looked. I tried. Nothing happening in August. Um, Let's see. So these are kind of those total random facts Okay. will do you no good, but I feel like I've been talking the whole show, and Corey's not here. I feel like I talk too much. Nah, we're just talking. People who don't know me, I am a talker. <laughs> we're, we're way under time, so go I for it. I can talk about anything and everything at any point in time. And Cows, splooting, and water. I, like, I am the type of nurse that takes care of people. By the end of a week, they know all about me there and my family. And, yeah. <laughs> Do right. you get the feeling that there are more twins around these days than there used to be? Hmm. I didn't until I read this. And I'm like, you know, I do like i know several people hmm. like i know multiple people currently pregnant with twins like just in my circle and i'm seeing it more and more in my kids friends and stuff so anyway why is that so you should because according to a new study in the journal of human reproduction the twinning rate has increased by one third since the 80s so up from 9 to 12 twins per 1,000 deliveries. Um, there's currently 1.6 million twins born each year across the world. Meaning, if you break that down, every 42 births are twins. Wow. Like, and you think about how many births are happening per day. Oh, God. Every 42 Hundreds. are twins. Like, that's crazy. That's wild. So, anyway, there's this increasing use of medical... But you got to think about it. Okay, more and more people are using um, fertility medications. For so... Oh, oh, okay. Right, right, it's right. It's not all natural. Gotcha. Um, it's not just typically people <clears throat> IVF just, and all sorts yes. of... Yeah, okay, gotcha. You know, because okay. just to do IVF or whatever, they're going to put three or four embryos in you and... So, oh, just... Yes, just oh, okay. to see if one will take... So, it, gotcha. and then the fertility medications, things like that, those all increase your production. So, I mean, some of that is to in play. And, but the also, the other thing is um, increased age. So, more and more women are starting their families later. Mm -hmm. You know, there's I, not, I have heard that. Like, the, like people are people starting, are starting later. their careers first, then having kids more in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Just that alone, increased age, they're more likely to have twins. No kidding. So some of that goes into play too. But wow, that was that's, that's fascinating. But okay. I, like the more I thought about it, I was like, I do see more. I feel like that's more of a common thing. Like I know many of my friends in my close circle that have twins just in the last five years. So that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Few odors. I don't know that I call it an odor. Odor <laughs> are as pleasing as the quote new car smell. Oh, I love new car smell. Not just because it's nice to be in a brand new car, but while that scent may be strangely satisfying, the fact is that it's pretty much just a combination of fifty plus chemicals. No way. Known as volatile organic compounds. 
they're released <laughs> into the car. They decay quickly over time, yeah. so it does not yeah. last long. Plus, whatever person drives the car, whatever your norm, everybody has their own scent. Mm-hmm. It's going to adapt to that. But the concentrations found in a typical new car aren't dangerous. But among the, the VOCs that make up much of that new car smell are those found in nail polish, auto fuel, and petroleum. I don't find any of those really. Right. None of those alone are good smells. No. But it, it's a combination of 50 plus chemicals that's that crazy make that car smell new because see when uh, when i was a lot younger they had new car smell in a can oh you, you can, can just, still buy it you can you buy, still buy it you know the little trees you can put in your car oh, yeah, I hate um, those. like the scentsy that you can buy there's okay. actually scents called new car smell yeah they still have because those. people love their car to smell new it, it, I mean, it does. You, like you do, you buy that new car and you want it to last, but it just... I don't know why, but it, it, it there, it, it's pleasing. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> it's not really a good smell. But it's petroleum and... Nail polish. Uh, nail polish. And auto fuel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's made in a factory, so anyway. Wow, okay. All those chemicals and things, but there you go. That's wild. <laughs> um, humans are the only animals that blush. What? Okay. So we are also believed to be the only animal that feels embarrassment. You know, I mean, animals in the wild do not care what you think of them. Oh, right. They don't get embarrassed, whatever. Um, But it's a complicated emotion requiring understanding others' opinions and others' factors. So animals don't really feel empathy. No, wait a minute. How about now dogs? I mean. They feel emotion. They feel it, but they don't blush. They don't blush. Yeah. They can't really feel. Feel, I don't know. Because the dog knows if it goes and eats toilet paper and you come home, you look at it, that dog's like, mm-hmm. That's probably more that's of... That's embarrassment. That's poor of, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. More so as... I don't know. Embar- okay. In- um, interesting. Okay. Charles Darwin called blushing the most peculiar and most human <laughs> of all expressions. Okay. All right. Um, so, wood frogs... In Alaska. What? What? Wood, wood frogs. frogs. Wood. wood W-O-O-D. Frogs. Yes. Okay. In Alaska have been known to hold their urine for up to eight months. No way. As a nurse, I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> that would be amazing to be able to hold it that long. But talk about having to go. You could travel all the way across the country. Right. I mean, gosh. Especially when you can't find a clean bathroom. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, True. They can stick it out through their region's very long winters um, before relieving themselves once temperatures increase. So basically, they go into hiding and they don't need to urinate again for several months. That's crazy. Um, but it actually, the urine that they're holding is what keeps them alive while it hibernates. Okay. It has special microbes in their gut that recycle and uh, gets rid of nitrogen, all that kind of okay. stuff. Okay, so that makes sense because it's more of a bio thing yes. going on. Okay. They're keeping it for a reason. Their body needs it to survive. Yeah. But eight not, not like humans. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm, you know, eight hours, I'm proud. <laughs> Eight hours. Talk about two hours. <laughs> you lose up to thirty percent of your taste buds during flight. So, everybody talks about airplane food not tasting all that good. This right. might explain why it gets such a bad reputation, because the elevation in an airplane can have detrimental effect on our ability to taste things. Uh, according to a study conducted by Germany's 
Fraunhofer Institute for Building Physics. Also, the dryness experienced at high elevations as well as the low pressure. True. Reduces the sensitivity of a person's taste buds to sweet and salty foods by about 30%. You add the dry cabin air effects and their ability to smell, and it's all reduced. So things just kind of bleh. See, that's bland. why I wonder, That's because they, they, they give you salted like pretzels. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the salt, if that's kind of keep you... It's probably and, extra salty. Uh, maybe. And I have a friend that I travel with to go... To, to San Diego, she's on oxygen, and she has to turn her diffuser up to four or five liters. Just the different air pressure. Yeah, and- when she goes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she gets on the surface, it's like one. Right. But yeah. Oh, so, okay, so the lower oxygen, the lower... Lower pressure, the higher dry, the, the elevation. That's crazy, the dryness. yeah. It, it, I mean, if you think about it, like when it's super dry somewhere... What happens to your nose? And oh, yeah, everything you dry, dry You can't up. smell anything right. anyway. Yeah. Everything dries up. And so, I mean, that kind of accounts uh, to it. Okay. So. All right. I mean, they'd have to, like, make foods, like, super tasteful and spicy on the... Put a lot of Cajun stuff on it. But they don't. So then it's just kind of like, wow, that was really bland. And that's why people complain. It just it tastes like right. crap. But right. that's because okay. their taste buds are messed up. So. Okay. A chef's toque contains 100 volts okay so that nifty little hat that the chefs wear oh okay most diners are too busy looking at their food to look at all that closely at what the preparer is wearing but the toque the traditional hat worn by chefs actually contains exactly 100 volts this is not just a nice round number. It is said that these folds represent the number of ways to cook an egg Wow. I would have never thought that. I guess they investigated and they can't find where it originated. But that, like yes. The chef's An hat actual like the chef's, chef's hat. hat. I mean, if folds. it's If it's a real chef's hat, it yeah. has exactly 100 folds egg, in it. Did you just say exactly? Exactly. Oh. Pun intended. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Cotton candy was invented by a dentist. No way. Yes way. Okay. I am a lover of cotton candy. Okay. (laughs) It's not known whether William Morrison, a dentist, had an ulterior motive (laughs) for inventing the soft confection, but the dentist no doubt helped ensure others in his profession... Continued drawing in plenty of customers. There you go. <laughs> in 1897, he partnered with candy maker John Horton to develop the cotton candy machine, which at the time was known as Fairy Floss. Okay. And it's been oh. bringing kids cavities ever since. <laughs> and dentists more money ever since. You know, I have never had a cavity. Who would have thunk a dentist would create? And I don't like cotton candy. I love cotton candy. Really? You just... Like taking it and going, oh yeah, because it just dissolves into it nothing. It dissolves in your mouth, but it tastes so good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> tastes so good. Maybe that's why you know you don't have to chew it. Maybe uh, I'm lazy. There you go. You can enjoy the sweetness of candy without the work. There you go. Okay. Nutmeg can be fatally poisonous. I knew that. I did not know this. 
A little dash of nutmeg in a pumpkin pie or on your eggnog can give it some extra flavor and a lovely spicy scent. But too much nutmeg, however, can be toxic. So if you, I feel like, you know, not to be like, you know, 100 ways to kill yourself or anything, but <laughs> two to three two sp- teaspoons of raw nut- nutmeg, bleh, bleh. Bleh, yeah. I can okay. no longer speak, okay. can induce hallucinations convulsions, pain, nausea, and paranoia that can last for several days. Yeah, please do um, not eat nutmeg. Yeah, Actual fatalities are rare, but they have happened. Yeah. So, but a sprinkle, just a little sprinkle. A like little sprinkling it hurts you and <coughs> your you know, pumpkin pie, all that good stuff. But it says two to three teaspoons is what it takes. That's a lot. To start hallucinating and having convulsions. I mean, that, if you think about it, that's a lot of that's nutmeg. That's a lot of nutmeg. And I mean, that's some strong stuff. So I, you know, don't be eating it with a spoon out of the jar. No. I, I don't know if you have it on your fun facts or not, but saffron is the same thing. I did not know that. Yes, saffron. Oh, yeah. It, I think saffron like, I didn't know you. there was like a food spice yeah. that could be yeah. toxic. Yeah. Do you, here. Okay. So you, you, you do another one of your things. And all, is that it? You look up saffron. No, I got more. Okay. Okay. You do more. I'm going to look up saffron. So, you know, we use police dogs. We have horses that help policemen here. Did you know Chinese police use geese squads? Geese, geese squad? Oh, my gosh. Which, them things are scary if you take them off. Oh, if you make a mad... You get a mm. mad geese coming at you. <laughs> no, you do not want a, ge- a, a, a goose. geese back. A yeah, goose. A goose, yes. <laughs> or a herd of geese, for that matter. You've heard of police dogs, but police geese? As <laughs> no. of 2013, 12 police stations in a rural area of China have begun to use geese as sentries. They are alert to animals and, as you probably know, can create a lot of noise and commotion, which creative Chinese law enforcement officers are taking advantage of. Okay. So, it's yet to spread throughout China, but Dongwan police claim that the geese have already stopped at least several, I don't know how many several is in their book, but several deaths. Several could mean four. I mean, you know, it could be. I always thought 400. several was like seven. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know why the number seven? Like a little handful. Several. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess you send the geese; they can sense something's wrong, and they go squawking and chasing. And oh my god! I mean, I'd be scared if I saw geese coming and running at me. Oh, I would run the other way. I'd be running. I've been scared just down at the landing. I know. You get enough of them. <laughs> I know those those mallards. Like okay, You're don't gonna, make them. Those mad. are ducks. Yeah. Are they but mallards? You, mallards are ducks. Oh, we have well, Canadian yeah, geese. We have. Oh okay. And there's a whole group of Canadian geese that hang out uh, in the roundabout by the hospital. Oh yeah 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 okay. Like, they're better at working the roundabout than the <laughs> tourists are. Trust me. They can stop traffic. If you've and, never been to Branson. People in Branson don't know how to do a, a roundabout. Uh, roundabout or a no. diverging diamond. No. So if if so if you're following somebody that has an out of state license plate, kind of back up and let them Be kind of negotiate. The <laughs> yeah. Okay. Napoleon Bonaparte was once one of the most powerful men in Europe, but he suffered a defeat at the hands, or shall we say, pause, of rabbits. What? After a military victory, Napoleon's chief of staff organized a rabbit hunt to celebrate. So the point was for them to release thousands of rabbits and then everyone get to hunt them 
in celebration oh, okay. of okay. this military victory. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but instead, when they set him loose, instead of hopping away so they could be chased and hunted, um, they turned to attack, swarming the partygoers. After trying and failing to shoo them away, oh the my God. great Emperor Napoleon <laughs> ran for his life and the safety of his carriage. Okay. Like, that's just funny to me because he was not a good guy. No, he wasn't. No, it was like, go I after think, him, do it. You know, I feel like that one was like a, some higher power had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine how funny that would be to watch a whole horde of rabbits running after him and he's running for his life from rabbits? The rabbits. It's not the geese, even, that's yes. Not even, yeah, rabbits, geese, no. I get. But rabbits, like, yeah. they're just these cute little things. They won't attack you. But I guess. Attack they, rabbits. Attack yeah. rabbits. All right. I have one kind of weather thing. Oh, okay, good. Saturn and Jupiter are gas giant planets that produce a truly unique form of weather. Recently, scientists discovered that there is plenty of carbon in these atmospheres. When carbon soot gets hit by lightning, it hardens into graphite and falls downward. Ooh. Where the pressure of the atmosphere hardens it further until it becomes... A diamond. A diamond. Ah, because I knew graphite if you could... Compl- yes. You so storms on these planets can literally rain diamonds. That's cool. How cool would that be to be raining diamonds? Wow. I mean, you got to go to Saturn or Jupiter, so... Well, you know, they're doing space travel now, so... Right? We yeah. might get there someday. Yeah, it might take like 45 years to get there, I'm but... I'm going to hang out in a diamond rain. <laughs> But in the meantime, we'll just go to northeast Arkansas and the diamond mines. I mean, down there. you know, you can have we have fish rain and things like that. Well, you get a big enough tornado or storm, well, can rain fish. True, get a water spout out there and can't kind of rain deposit cats and fish. dogs. But we never know. Never know. You, you know, twenty twenty was last year, and it, the world's gone nuts ever like since. No, <laughs> nothing shocks us anymore. You know, nothing. like you read some of these, and you're like, nah. After twenty twenty, it's, like, it's like, what? Else? Okay, we'll do it. Okay, I did look uh, at uh, toxicity for saffron. It says here on Wikipedia, ingesting less than one sixteenth ounce of saffron is not toxic. So a six, that's like 1.5 gram. So I guess it's like maybe a sprinkle per like a recipe. A 16th like ounce. Like what do you use saffron in? It's a flavoring. Yeah. you you. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go to the top of the Wikipedia page. I mean, I feel like that's not a common one used, is it? Uh, Okay. Okay. Now I mean, what me do you there. personally use saffron in? I don't use saffron for anything. There okay. you go. So, okay, I'm going back to the top because you forced me. Saffron is a spice derived from the flower of the crocus sativus, commonly known as the saffron crocus. The vivid crimson stigma and styles called threads are collected and dried and used mainly as a seasoning and coloring and agent in food. It's, uh, that means really nothing, doesn't it? I mean, I see oh. it as a color, so yes. Okay, well, okay. so saffron's taste and idioform-like or hay-like fragrance results from a chemical saffronal, whatever, uh, What's it taste like? I just want to know what it tastes like. Okay, no. So let me go back to toxicity. So you can go to there. Okay, so 
Uh, if but, you use saffron in your daily yeah, cooking. Yeah, and I know I know people who do, right. but, but I know it's, it's like a major you just live. cooker, chef, or baker might. So a 16th ounce is fine, but three 16th ounces can become increasingly toxic. And what happens? Uh, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, where the higher doses there can be reduced platelet count. So apparently mm. it's a... It's a uh, Over time, uh, it could be fatal if you ate enough of it. Yeah, it causing spontaneous bleeding. What, what am I looking for? See, I uh, see you're here, so I can't think about it. With uh, uh, when it reduces blood thinner, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. It's a blood thinner. <laughs> so if you're a hemophiliac, do not don't eat be saffron. using saffron. Okay, so so there, yeah, and it says all the history in West Asia and South Asia and East Asia and Western Europe and the Americas. I'm trying to think. Okay, well, you can read it. Anyway, I just knew it was it was poisonous. So good there you know. go. Good to know. Okay, so now that I've completely embarrassed myself on the podcast, no. let's get to the last part so you can embarrass it's yourself. It's the weather <laughs> word of the week. <laughs> I see how you are. Yeah. No, this is an easy word. I can embarrass myself all by myself. <laughs> I don't need help. All right, so it's time for the weather word of the week. So, Cher, what is this week's Sturmdar weather weather word of the week? I just want to say hearty har har. Close enough. <laughs> har. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's spelled H-A-A-R. So what does har mean? A name applied to a wet sea fog or very fine drizzle that drifts in from the sea in coastal districts of eastern Scotland and northeastern England occurring most frequently in summer. Yeah, I th- I think we have har fog. Har. I know it's kind of funny har. to say har fog. <laughs> I mean, it, and uh, it it's we got need, some. We need Corey back. We I feel like he keeps us Corey, in line. Corey, yeah, we're going off the rails. Now. And he's not even a serious person. <laughs> He's, he's a nut himself, but somehow he keeps us But he'll alive. bring some history. He will know the whole history <laughs> right? of the heart, or, or saffron. He'll know all this. But uh, yeah, I mean, I th- it's, it's just a fog that develops out and kind of comes in. And I kind of saw that last week when I was uh, researching the marine layer. Remember we were talking about that? The marine layer in, in the ocean with the fog underneath it. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the inland air gets really hot because it's a kind of a desert and sucks all of that uh, fog on shore. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of the same thing here, except it occurs mostly in the summer. So I think it's very, very similar. They may call it different stuff up there. So there, how about that? Interesting. Yeah. So how's your kids? Are they still alive? I mean, I'm hoping so. <laughs> well, I, we covered I a left lot. The... What? Wow, all five of them are home. All five? That That is a rare occurrence that all five of them are home, but they are all home right And you're now. happy they're here because you can get away I from all I am not home. <laughs> but you're happy about that. Yeah, I, at the moment, I was like, they've all five been home all day, except for one that was at work. So. That's good. Well, you're saying like the older ones have the, their little virtual reality they things. They all are playing this this new game. We got Garen an Oculus for his birthday. Right, which okay. Which is, you put the goggles on, and you literally... If you've never tried it, it's amazing because you feel like you are in a different world. See, that would freak me so out. So you have no idea your surroundings. You're batting at things and hitting things. and Oh, so you could knock crap over oh, yeah. all over the house then. There is a part oh. of the game where you can set up a perimeter to oh, where okay. it alerts you. And it keeps you within this grid. That's smart. 
Yes, because otherwise, and I mean, they've already like reaching upward, trying to climb mountains and stuff. They've hit my fans and they've <laughs> oh, hit no. the seat because they're all tall. Right. So, and, and if you, you don't walk by them when they're playing or you will get punched or smacked or, or whatever. But of course. Yes. So it's a rare occasion that all three of them are home. And when we bought Garen his, the other two tried, we all tried it. Yeah. And they loved it and went and bought their own. Fun. So on the rare occasion that all three of them are home, which is about to become more rare because, I mean, one of them is about to go back to college. Oh, right. Grant will be moving back to his own apartment. So wow. they, it's a, you know, as a mom, I love that they are all best friends and they play together. That just. That's good. Yes. you got a good, I nice, love tight that, family. That yeah. they are very close. Um, so yeah, they're hopefully not totally engaged in their game and have goggles on and are ignoring the littles. Well, the littles are probably gone. They're down three or four blocks down the right. road right now. <laughs> I'm actually sure they could probably survive on their own. They're pretty tough, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they know how to get their way too. They know how to get their attention and no, that's good. But yeah, I that's just really I good. just realized that like all five of my children are home at once. That does not happen very often anymore. And at this point, we're we're concluding the podcast at nine oh two, and Corey gets off in about a half He'll an be hour. Getting off in just enough time for me to go get him. So you're gonna have, oh, this is perfect. So we just we did the podcast in a perfect time period then. Well, yeah, we covered quite a bit. I think the takeaway is enjoy, if you can, enjoy these next few days. I mean, enjoy while it lasts. Yeah, uh, tomorrow is Tuesday. Oop, knocking stuff over on the podcast table. Uh, a Tuesday's going to be fine, high in the low 80s <clears throat> with some smoke and haze. And Wednesday, it's going to kind of clear out, but that's when the shift comes in and the haze and smoke are going to clear out. The weather or the, the uh, upper level flow changes. Therefore, that will go away, and then we're going to get hot again on Saturday. So you got the pool. You got your base tan. I know where you're going to be this weekend. You're going to be at that Trying pool. to stay cool. There you go. Well, we hope everybody does stay cool. And You got anything else to add before we close this thing up? I think I have added enough. You, 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 your added is got a period on it right now. I think I have now. rambled long <laughs> enough. Well, I... I you know, I love when Corey's here. I'm having a great time with you. We can do the podcast is really easy, and we're, it's a perfect time. So there you go. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Storm Dar Weather. Like and follow our page, and be sure to like and comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, Make sure and check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>